Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Oh God, you are with us. You are with us. May we be with you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning, everyone. So I was thinking, how was your Christmas? Great. Did you have a good Christmas? Now, here's the thing, because over the next few days, we're going to hear this question, or we're going to ask this question repeatedly. How was your Christmas? Did you have a good Christmas? Right? And I read a quote this past week, and it says, After the season is over, the Christmas lights come down, the fragrance of the pine dissipates into the air, and the Christmas music no longer plays on the radio, we may ask, what happens next? The wonder and awe of Christmas, they say, is just beginning. The wonder and awe of Christmas is just a beginning. Christmas reminds us that the babe born in Bethlehem has given us a purpose for living. And what happens next to us largely depends on how we embrace our Savior, Jesus Christ, and follow him. Today's gospel reminds us that Christmas just isn't a season, but that Christmas is a way of life. While the season passes us by, the hope and the life that it promises are just beginning. Something real has happened. Our gospel points to this. The word in the beginning. Y'all remember that? In the beginning? Sounds familiar, like Genesis. In the beginning. Almost like a whole new creation. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word, we say, was made flesh. Something real has happened. God, who is love, has reached out. And God touches us. The Word, reason, logic, wisdom, grace, the limitless kindness of God, the sheer loveliness of God, the beauty of God becomes flesh, becomes us. Isn't that amazing? God makes his home with us and is found in the one Jesus. The story of God enters the story of humanity. And here is the heart and the truth and the center and the beginning and the end of the gospel. The heart, the center, and the beginning and the end of history. What has come into being, John says, in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. See, we cannot say that God doesn't care about us. Right, that, that we don't matter because what the incarnation of God ultimately points out, what we celebrate this day is that God, 
the creator, the source of light in life has manifested and it became a part of us. Our welfare is of tremendous importance to God. There is no worry too small, no challenge too great that God is not eager to share it with us. God's love, God's presence, God's being knows no limits. No one, no one, even the people you don't like, no one for any reason is beyond the grip of God's grace and love. And that is what the incarnation only means. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word became flesh and made his home with us. I said this on Christmas Eve, or I quoted this on Christmas Eve, and I think that um, it's, you know what? I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Henry Nowen said... <laughs> Um, no longer can we say that God doesn't understand, that God doesn't care, that God doesn't know what it's like to be left alone, to be betrayed by a friend, to be afraid of dying, to be hungry, to grieve, to suffer pain and persecution. For God has walked with us and God walks with us now. Love, love has become flesh. Hope has become incarnate, and through Jesus, God has opened his arms to you and to me and to all people on earth. See, Christmas means that God made a decision to become one of us. God entrusted God's self to us, to you. God entrusted God's self to you, to me, to every one of us. That means you, Happy. That means Andrew. That means Ella. That means Sarah and Kathy and Jerry and Sue. That means all of you. God has entrusted himself to us to enter fully into our world so that we can enter fully into God's world. Listen to how John says it. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, listen, who believed, that is, entrusted themselves to him, he gave power to become children of God. Children of God. Children who are no longer dominated by the circumstances in which we find ourselves, no longer defined by our limitations, our hurts, our failure to keep the law of Moses, no longer defined by sin, no longer defined by the world's standards that we continually to treat like they're God's holy word. No longer are we defined by what we say, what we do, what we have, our possessions, and everything else. No longer are we defined by those things. We are simply defined by those who know ourselves to be God's own beautiful gift. Our destinies are not controlled any longer by anything other than God. 
And this is the beautiful gift of Christmas for us. And can you imagine if somehow that that reality, that that truth, that that beauty would somehow not just get in our heads where we believe it, or not even in our hearts where we feel it, but like in our souls, in the depth of our being, that we came to see it that way, you know, as we are God's children. Paul says in today's epistle, I know you all were listening, he says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son so that we might receive adoption as children. Why did the Word in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and come among us? Why? God sent His Son so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, Paul says, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave to the law, but are a child. And if a child, then you are also an heir through God. Isn't that profound? Isn't that profound? We ought to be doing cartwheels all the way down the road today. Like, woo Right? Because the implications are profound. God, God, the Word in the beginning that was made flesh, God, the source of all, has called us God's own children. Individuals who, in the eyes of God, hold infinite worth. The God, um, the God who loves us more than anything in the world. More than anything. And this God so wants to be in union with us, one with us. So we're not saying, I believe in God. You know, that guy on the news, he ain't. None of that. That's crazy. Because Christianity isn't about a belief. It never was. It was never about a religion. And who gets it right and who gets it wrong. Ultimately, it's about being a child of God and engrafted in the life of God. And He wants to use us as His children, as His beloved kids, as one of His own flesh, to bring this God into the world, to enflesh God into this world. See, that changes how we see ourselves and others, the way that we live in thought, word, and deed, and what we do, right? The Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh and built His home here with us. Athanasius you might want to read a little bit of Athanasius. But he's from the 4th century, and he said that God became what we are so that we might become what he is. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Now, you know people, there's some people who think they're God, right? And, 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 but not the God that's revealed in Jesus, right? That's the one I want to meet the one that's revealed in Jesus, that he became what we are, 
flesh so that we might become what he is. And the question isn't so much perception of that as can we practice that? Can we live into that reality? Listen to today's collect again. He says, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light enkindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives. Christmas isn't necessarily an event, but it's a way of life a way of being. Now, one of my favorite theologians is an African-American theologian and education, educator, excuse me, civil rights leader. His name's Howard Thurman. And I put his poem on the cover of our bulletin day. It's called The Work of Christmas. And Howard says this. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princesses are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all people's brothers and sisters, and to make music in the heart. And it comes straight from Jesus' first proclamation when he unrolled the scroll and he quotes Isaiah and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news. See, that same spirit that cries out Abba in us, right? We have been anointed with that same spirit, the spirit of the Lord. I know I'm starting to go Baptist on you this morning. Here we go. But the spirit of the Lord is on us, right? That same spirit find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to re rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all people, and to make music in our heart. And the Word was made flesh and lived among us. And when we do this, the Word is made flesh among us in this world. And maybe, maybe, I'm going to say it, Maybe that happens. The Word is made flesh among us with every dollar that we give in Christ's name to Christ's work. The Word is made flesh. Maybe it's made flesh when we feed the hungry and clothe the naked. And it's made flesh. The Word is made flesh on this planet when we support these women and these children that are victims of domestic abuse or those women that are victims of sexual trafficking. You know, maybe the word is made flesh in every scoop of bread pudding that we put on a plate. You know what I'm saying? The word of God is made flesh. Every time we offer compassion and mercy, the word of God is made flesh and makes his home with us. Every time we visit someone who can no longer visit us, and we share the bread and the cup. The Word of God is made flesh and is among us. Every phone call just to say hello and I'm thinking about you. The Word is made flesh and lives among us. 
or when we say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please forgive me, please. The Word is made flesh and lives among us. When we say, I know you're hurting and I don't have any words to make it better, but I'm here and I'll pray for you now. The Word is made flesh and is among us. And every time we share our experience, our strength, and our hope that we have through this encounter and this living relationship with Jesus, the child, and we invite others into that relationship, the Word is made flesh and dwells among us. Listen to this. As Isaiah said, you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. See, the point is whenever and wherever we go, we are the hand of God, Jesus, the Word made flesh. And when that Word is made flesh in this world, Christmas happens. God is made flesh in our lives and lives among us. That is Christmas. So may the joy of Christmas be made flesh again in our hearts and our lives this year. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.